This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged. We're so excited you decided to join us. Um, Before we jump in today, go down, leave a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We do love those and they help a ton they do. That's a free way of kind of helping us out. Another way of helping us out is to help our sponsors. So first of all, Dr. Dish, if you're thinking of, of getting a, a team that wants to shoot the ball better and consistently put that, that round ball into that cylinder, uh, check out Dr. Dish. Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you're looking for a one-stop shop, if you're looking to become a better basketball coach, if you're looking for a mentor, if you're looking to talk to me on a regular basis, right, James, uh, then you can uh, you can become a teachhoops.com member. And we'll, we'll, I'll put you on the bad phone and we'll take care of your, your specific needs. So come over and check us out at teachhoops.com. Let's head off to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to Jeremy Schlitz, an athletic director of the, of, uh, the Madison Metropolitan School District, um, head, our athletic director at our school, but also the district athletic director uh, and kind of um, was my former, one of my, my former uh, JV sophomore coach. Um, and now as the athletic director. And I think you're going to enjoy kind of the behind the scenes of looking at hiring, how, how they're dealing with the COVID, how we're dealing with online coaching, how we're dealing with all the things that are kind of hitting from an administrative standpoint, someone that also understands the game of basketball. But in the last, and we'll answer some basketball questions. Uh, I think it's a great interview. It's a two-parter today and tomorrow. Um, but I think you'll really enjoy it. All right, let's head off to the podcast. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy, I, you know, I could probably do your introduction, but I'm going to have you introduce yourself to the, to the listeners, just about every country, even Nigeria. So uh, Hungary, had somebody from Hungary email me yesterday. Um, so introduce yourself, introduce how we know each other, um, because I don't know if you've been watching CNN, but the, the, have you been watching The Brothers at, at night? I have not. Chris and, Chris and Andrew Como, it's all oh, it's hilarious. 
But anyway, you can tell that they've known each other their whole lives, older brother, younger brother. All right, so go ahead, introduce yourself, and then we'll, uh, we'll dive in here. Uh, Jeremy Schlitz, uh, currently the athletic director for the Madison Metropolitan School District and Madison Memorial. Um, and my boss, and my boss, there we go. And uh, I've known Steve for a little over 30 years. Um, he and my, my dad used to play cards together when they were both coaching at uh, Wasa East, which is, which is my alma mater. I think there's some, some fortunate timing. Uh, Steve moved to Madison uh, the same year I moved into Whitty Hall as a freshman at the UW, and, and that's what actually launched my career as a coach at, at Madison Memorial. Um, as a sophomore in college, I started coaching the basketball program that Steve was part of. I was originally going to be an actuary, um, but once the coaching bug bites you and uh, the feeling of community that we, we had at our school, um, I definitely made a move into education. I coached uh, 37 seasons over about 15 years. Uh, in five different programs at Madison Memorial, and then was fortunate enough to take over as the athletic director eight years ago. And then four years ago, I added the district athletic director position um, to uh, to my resume. Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm just going to jump in. I told Jeremy that this is very conversational, and this is going to be very pertinent to what everyone's doing. So side note that doesn't have to do with what's going on in the world right now. What's, what is the hardest part about being an athletic director? What's, what's the hardest part of your day-to-day gig? Because I don't know, you know this I, answer. <laughs> you know, I think I describe it a lot, especially with the new ADs or some of the mentoring that I do, is it's like juggling sand. Um, because, <laughs> you know, you have, in, in our case, you've got 23 programs. You've got, you know, 86 coaches. You've got about 1,000 student athletes. And each one of them is advocating for their own little piece of what an athletic department is. And you never know when that, what's most important to them uh, needs your attention and you know I use the analogy of juggling sand because as you get into it you kind of develop those things like like the water kind of make a, a mud ball that you can kind of juggle a little bit easier um, and it, it takes some time and it takes really people around you to help be that glue and make things like that happen and, and I think once you get that the hardest part ends up being expecting the unknown and you know we're in that right now um, but having people around you that can support the, the foundational culture that you have makes it a little bit easier. What makes it super hard is athletics is so based upon emotion, uh, both for, for students, for fans, for parents, that you need to find a way to eliminate emotion from that as an athletic director. And it's really hard because of the personal relationships you have if you do it well. Right. Oh, I, well, and I, so I think what you just said pertains to, um, the uh, the coaching part because I think good coaches also I mean it, big games or things are always happening coaching wise that you know, you don't expect I mean you never know you, like coaches are ha- the stuff that's happening right now there's no way that anyone would have expected that um, so how is how is what's happening with COVID nineteen affecting like the athletic program and your coaches. Yeah, I mean, actually, I've been amazed, impressed, blown away um, by what we were able to put together to really still be be what I think is the most important thing in education-based athletics is connectors, connecting the kids, connecting with the kids, connecting them to school. You know, we moved to a virtual coaching platform um, really quickly uh, for our spring athletes, and we're kind of expanding that to have a way to, you know, connect, uh, to provide a resource, provide some enrichment, to hopefully provide some sense of normalcy, um, you know, with the importance of athletics. 
Um, and also, you know, the challenges then be, you no longer have that personal touch. You know, an athletics director's door seems to always be open. And, and now how do I know who that kid is that needs it? I'm not seeing him in the hallway. Or the coach who needs a little bit of help, can't stop in the office for a two minute, uh, you know, touch point. How do, we, how do we create those spaces where you can have those important contacts? Well, I think I, and I had a discussion with Drew, my son, about this. He go, I go, your generation is learning a very valuable lesson right now because you think your generation is connected, but this has taught you that it really isn't connected. Like you, you, you interact, but you're not. I mean, I think about week three is when I started seeing it like, oh, my God, I'm not I'm only having interaction with these same people over and over and over again. Um, so I think this generation is always going to be the COVID generation, but I think they're learning that there's more to that connection. So as a coach or as an athletic director, how do you think we bridge that connection? Like, you know, that I've been on TikTok. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to keep in front of them, um, make them laugh, make them, you know, that kind of stuff. But how connection wise, how do you think we do that? You know, with a 50-year-old coach and an 18-year-old athlete or a 16-year-old athlete, how does that connection work? Because Zoom's great, but how else do you think that happens? Yeah, I mean, I think we're, first of all, the, the technology time we're in, we're very fortunate. Um, you know, <laughs> that's true. To be able, I think, you know, I know we kind of sometimes get a little bit of, of uh, over-Zoomed, I, I, I can possibly feel sometimes. Right. But seeing faces and being able to get body language is such an important part of the way that you know we used to communicate so being able to do that with these video tools and i think we're really gonna develop some interesting technology because of this to even become a little bit more of a uh a, a encompassing inclusive space and it's going to be easier to be um you know to have those contact points and, and i think um you know we're gonna i think the 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 5g thing that, that, that is you know going to happen likely soon um, to be able to connect people so many different ways so much more quickly. You know, you think back to a long, a long time ago, like a movie like The Matrix, where people were interacting in their individual pods. It right. kind of feels like that, but they, they, they had that new sense of reality or new normalcy. But how do we really get what is, you know, the important part of being, you know, being a human and being humane, which is the compassion and, and the, the comfort with each other. That's going to be a tough thing to do you know, in isolation. And I'm excited to see what the, those, those minds that have created, like even the Zoom space, they're gonna be able to do to expand that to be more of a, more of a regular feeling of comfort, you know, and connection. Well, I, I, was, I was, we were having a family discussion about this too. It's like, you're so lucky, think about a hundred years ago. Like <laughs> you are in a generation where you can actually do a Zoom meeting. You are in a generation where you know, a hundred years ago, what were they doing? World War One was, you know, it's like the pandemic of 1917 or 1918. You know, that's crazy. Like, how did you feed yourself? Like, you can order groceries online. You can go on Amazon and get toilet paper. I mean, there's things that you can do. So we are lucky this is actually hitting when it is hitting um, in a lot of respects. Or I think it'd be a lot worse, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, you know, and I think we've also, I've probably seen my family more. I have, <laughs> I, I have dinner with my parents now. I think, you know, some of our efficiencies are now there as I am, I am much more efficient with my work time because I'm not having those, what I would consider fortunate interruptions when I was in the building. Right. But I think we're, we're learning there's some spaces where we can create an efficiency. 
Um, you know, for example, last night with our coaches, we had 65 people on for a professional development uh, lesson. That's the most we've ever had interacting with that coach's professional development in the three years we've been doing it. And, and it might be it, something from a coach that was at that meeting. It might be something that it's easier, at least even when I'm in season, if, if, you, if we do it online, I can, you know, I can do it right before practice. I mean, if it's at, Laf if it's halfway across city, I can't make it. It's like, maybe some of those doors will be like, well, we're going to do these three virtually because then people could do it. You could do it on a Thursday night at nine o'clock and people could just jump in and, and be yeah, part that's of been, that's been really beneficial. Also, you know, we don't have the 45 minutes of a commute, right? Know, we don't have yeah. the, the other, like what we consider time eaters. Um, you know, I can wake yeah. up and start work. I might still have my pajama pants on. Nobody knows. No, I know. Um, it's, you, I, you, yes. I mean, you have little ones at home and I have older ones. So I, I can be, I can still procrastinate a little bit, but it's, it's amazing. Yes. You know, you get something, you get your coffee and you walk in and you start working. Um, so what do you think? Do you think there's a technology or a thing out there that's going to help coaches moving forward? Or do you think that's going to be, someone's going to pivot and come up with the new Facebook or the new like virtual coaching thing? Do you think there's stuff out there now that's, that's helpful? Or do you think, what do you think that movement forward is over the next six to 12 months? Yeah, you know, I mean, usually adversity is the, is the foundation of innovation. And, and I think we have some things out there, you know, I think one of the prevalent tools, you know, we talk about right now in, in video interface and, and information be something like a huddle. Um, where you've got some video sharing and, and feedback tools. But, you know, as we investigate the uses of some of the things you see in industry um, and how they're like Zoom, for instance, that's just become almost a, a new normal uh, within four weeks. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, I've used Zoom to do this for three years. Swear to God, I've used this to do my podcast, to do my, to do my YouTube stuff. And all of a sudden, when I, when I tell people, let's just do a Zoom, now they know what I'm talking about. Before... They'd say, well, are we going to do Skype? Are we going to FaceTime? Or I go, well, no, we're going to Zoom because I like the interface. I liked how all the back end stuff I could control. Um, so it's amazing how things just like all of a sudden. You know, you know and I do think there'll be some pivoting and, and some kind of, you know, things that will be interweaved between these different spheres, whether it's education or business or social emotional growth. Or, you know, you think of something like the video technology around the, portal that you can use with Facebook that is following sounds and action or we see that in some of our our video software like Huddle or Pixel on there. We just bought a port, we just bought a we just bought my we just bought four portals sent one to my parents, my mother-in-law, my brother. We hooked it up last night. It's awesome. It's just basically makes your TV like a huge FaceTime. Yeah, um, and and I I've, I've I've been with people that have been on that and I think those are the places that maybe we're going to find ways to have that real-time connection yeah. in, in what's a more comfortable place. And it's actually probably allows us to see a little bit more vulnerability in people, which I think is a really important thing to build trust is everybody's going into each other's home now and you're getting a little bit better feeling of, of where they're at and what they need. Right. Um, you know, and I think people are going to break down what would probably right now exist in a lot of our social media personas as the, the fake, uh, the, the fake utopia that some of us, may pro project right um, you know as this becomes more prevalent we're going to get back to what happened prior to 2000 when you know you didn't have to put on a social media facade 
Right. So what do you think the easiest, like my niece works for Remind and she says Remind has been blowing up. The IT guys are like having overload at this point. What do you think the best way for coaches to communicate like one-on-one with student athletes? Because I, I, email is not effective, to be honest with you. We do not, this, gener, this young generation does not use email like you and I. Hey, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please subscribe, like, jump up and down. Tell us how, how great we are with uh, Basketball Coach Unplugged, uh, wherever you listen to them, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast, Castify. There's all sorts of them. Anchor. Um, anyway, uh, we would love those. We read every one of those. Um, also, go over and check out ttubes.com for coaches who want to get better. I'm challenging you right now. I, I would first of all challenge you. There's not another membership site like ours where, you know, you you can ask my members. You call, you email. I will. I respond like that because this is my this is my thing. I lo- I love doing this. Um, also, go over and check out our other podcast, uh, High School Hoops with Jake and I. Once a week and teacher side gig. So especially for those teachers out there that are looking, you can hear other teachers that are doing similar things and uh, keeping the <laughs> keeping the lights on in their in their houses. So let's head back to the podcast. All right, let's head off to the podcast. Um, yeah, you know, I think it needs to be a, a video interface. I think they really okay. value being able to see and read, and whatever that might be. You know, Google Meets, Marco Polo, um, which is you so. Know, what is Marco Polo? My wife uses that. What is that? So Marco Polo is kind of a video text system. And I think this is something for those people that might be worried about um, kind of the back and forth that sometimes can create, a, you know, an uncomfortable situation. Or, or and it's too much. It becomes almost this um, stack thing when it's like, even in emails, you see that. Mm-hmm. You'll see like a 10 after emails. So I, I think the Marco Polo is, you know, if you and I are sitting here, I'd send a 15 second message like, hey, here's what I'm looking for. You want to shoot me back when you get a chance? You know, your response to this, this journal question or this workout or, hey, show me your technique, whatever it might be. And it's going to sit there until you're able to access it. And I think that, you know, it, it allows a little bit, you know, and like Seesaw is another thing that I know they're using. What, what's what's that called? Seesaw. Seesaw. Um, which is really an individualized learning plan that, that's probably a little bit more prevalent in even the elementary school. Okay. I think something like that's going to evolve where it's kind of like a Dropbox that's a personalized Dropbox. Okay. where you can share when it's convenient for you. Because I think that's the other thing we really need to recognize is everybody's normal is different. You know, I got up at 3.30 this morning to do my work day. I, I know you did. You sent, an, you sent the coach's email at like 4.19 because I checked my email at like 5 this morning. And it's like, holy crap, I thought I was up early, you know. Because I was, I mean, I was the lead teacher this morning in 4K, which also happens in my house. And, yes. uh, you know, and, and my wife's doing her full-time job here too. And, and, you know, you kind of find those spaces, but I hope nobody else is up at 315 if they don't want to be. Right. Um, so to be able to get that out there and also not have it be obtrusive. So, you know, those are things you can turn notifications off. I do sometimes see where people really struggle with, I've got 110 unread uh, emails. I-, I couldn't handle that. I, I don't go to bed with an un- uh, untasked email. Do, do you um, worry about your like 4 a.m. email getting lost? Like it didn't for me this morning. I saw it. You actually sent out something, a stats thing to me too. But sometimes those early, those early, those first emails get lost in the feed. Um, yeah. And I think what I would always recommend to people is set your settings up. So the one that's furthest away is the first one you read. Um, Cause we do have some people even, you know, maybe you're, you get a two or three day lag because you're dealing with something at home and you, you right. had to check out and you, you should, 
Yes. Um, you know, I, I try to intentionally turn my phone off from notifications for work-related stuff so I can monotask, um, either whether it's family or, or work-based projects. But you should set your email up so that you have to read oldest first, um, right. oldest okay. unread first, and work your way down, you know. And I don't think there's ever a time when you should have an unopened email or at least an un addressed email. There's a lot of time I'll go through, I use a, a application called un, unrolled.me, um, which filters right. all the, the spam subscription stuff. So I don't get a ton of that, but I do get a report so I can look and see. Um, if you miss you know, I, I probably end up processing about, before, before COVID, about 350 emails a day that actually needed response or action. Um, that's actually gone up. And then now I think it'll actually peter back down. As do you, how often do you check your spam folder? Because I don't do that very as much as I should. I check my spam folder every morning. It's the one that I check prior to um, working through my emails. I rarely, I mean, I, I'm usually, you know, we get a report on our Gmail of here are your messages and spam. Um, I set up for that. So I look through those. Um, and then I discard them. You know, every message that I have, I've checked and foldered or uh, removed because I can't afford to miss something because of the the number of different spaces and silos I've got to make sure I'm addressing. Right. And do you have stuff go automatically to folders in your Gmail? Yes. I, you know, I think I've got all 23 of my programs. I've got the five or six organizations that I'm part of either the board or, or a leadership position. Um, and I don't mark them red until I've either read them or addressed them or calendared the task or whatever it would be. Okay. So let's go back to um, being an AD right now in this, in this environment. Um, <laughs> me being a coach and knowing that I need to hire a coach for my staff, how is the hiring process moving forward? How is hiring going to be by a Zoom? Is it going to be in person? You know, how are people around the country, you know, even hiring teachers at this point has got to be a difficult task. Yeah, you know, I'm actually in the, in the midst of, of – hiring a couple of athletic director positions in our, in our district as well, where we were kind of mid process and we needed to evolve. And what and does that mean? What does mid process mean? You know, we've gotten the applications, we've screened the resumes, we were getting ready to move to those in-person type experiences. Okay. okay. How are we going to change that to get the same value out of it? There's some really interesting tools out there, you know, and I think they're tools that probably business industries, especially those that have been already in, engulfed in that kind of virtual office type space. And, you know, I've learned some stuff from my neighbors who traditionally are, are working out of their home, you know, or, you know, in a sales job or, or right. some of those kind of remote office type situations. And we're using those tools now, like a spark interview where here's the interview question. You've got to hit play. You record for two minutes. Uh, you only get one shot at it. You know, the same way it would be as an in-person interview. So, but so, do I, do I, can I sit on that for, 10 minutes and think about it before I answer it. Yeah, we can set that time, be whatever you want. It could be an automatic. You get 30 seconds to read it and two minutes to respond. And, you, you know, as soon as you hit play, you get two minutes. You can't go back and change it. Is that or something you, you is that them, something you have to buy spark? I believe it's something you do have to purchase. Yeah. Cause that would be, that's an inter That would be an interesting pivot for the kids. Like, Hey, what's, what's, um, what's one thing you did basketball wise today. And then they, they read it and they have, I mean, it would be an interesting twist to the like inner, just sending it back and forth to the coach. Hey, what, what, what did you have for dinner tonight? Blah, blah, blah. You know, that would be interesting. Cause it still does allow that schedule flexibility. You know, you send something yeah. out, they get an email, they open it and it says, when you go to this link, you're going to have 10 minutes to read the five questions. And then as soon as it starts, 
you've got two minutes per prompt and you've got to record. Right. And, and, I, and I'm guessing there's going to be some other companies that are going to develop things like that. You, know, you look at like AP testing or ACT yeah. standardized testing stuff. How are they going to do that to account for, you know, academic rigor and, and that sort of thing? Well, the crazy the part is with see. AP, the crazy part with AP is they have to, they have, they have 45 minutes, but then they're, they're leaving them actually upload time. <laughs> like, so they're trying to build the, you know, this question should take 20 some minutes and you have five minutes of upload. But I think that would be an interesting thing for our student athletes. If we could come up with a way, I would love to, maybe Marco Polo is that. Maybe I just send them something, they send me something back. But I love that little, like, they, I can't, if they can't think about it too long, like, hey, what did you, um, what's one thing you did to make yourself a better person today? And then gives them, as soon as they click on it, they got like a minute to think about it and then they got to answer it. I would love to hear that because then you could have some interaction with them. Um, but maybe Marco Polo is that way. You know, then the other, the other hard part is we've really moved a lot of our hiring processes, especially for head coaches or leadership positions to involve, you know, some input from like a community panel or a student yeah. panel or a coaches panel. You know, and I think Zoom allows that with some of their breakout room availability. Um, you know, I think, you know, the Google Classroom actually has some, some mechanisms that I think would be helpful. And what do you get some, out of that? What do you get out of that when you do that in a hiring process? What so let's say you're hiring coach X and you have a parent, a player, a couple community people, and you and the principal. What are you looking for from those other um, players or input or 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 people that are in the interview process? What what is an administrator are you looking for there? Really just a, another, another lens of the way that, you know, you, you sense the, not necessarily the, the content of the question, but the delivery and the, the intent behind it. Because it's hard for me, and I don't uh, use uh, current or future students or parents in my interview process, because I feel like that can sometimes present right. its own yep. challenges. Yep. You know, I, I like to use our graduated seniors or a, 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 a parent that maybe has had a few athletes go through different programs in our in our um, school. Because you get a different perspective. Yeah, and, and, and there's definitely, it removes the self-interest. Um, which right. That's too present when you include, you know, people of, of a, a, a narrower advocacy. But what you get from that different lens is a, a check on like, hey, I have one vision of what a coach needs to be for my program or this specific sport. Well, that might not be the same thing from, you know, maybe a program that is more focused on participation and engagement versus one that's maybe more focused on their end game of, of developing college athletes or, or whatever it might be. And each, each program fits under a larger umbrella of culture, but each program has their unique personality and you want to make sure you get somebody in there who understands the uniqueness of the sport and the uniqueness of the culture of the program. Do you, do you ever ask X and O questions or do you have people in asking um sport specific questions because i know i've talked to coaches around the country people have actually even run practices like they had to give practice plans they've actually taken former players and done it in the summer those are not in wisconsin because we have actually contact rules but there's been places in the country that they've actually had to go in and like two or three coaches they actually ran like a mini practice have you ever done anything with x's and o's or how do you do that this sport specific stuff yeah, you know, we, we used uh, in a few interview processes some video work, whether through Huddle or, or what used to be crossover. Here's a scenario. Break this down as you would in a, 
team meeting. Okay. You're this team, you're that team, uh, using some film clips, you know, from the season. Or, all right, here, explain how you would teach the technique for, um, you know, a down lineman uh, to, to rush. Right. And walk through what you would do from freshman through senior year in the articulation of those skills and literally having them stand up and walk through how they would physically coach it uh, to the panel. Um, you know, the video stuff has really given us an opportunity to get a glimpse into kind of what their program, you know, philosophy would be. Um, right. This is more probably important in team sports. Right. You know, how do you, you know, here's your biggest rival. Here's what they're doing. How do you combat, you know, this scheme? How do you counter and, it? Yeah, yeah, I love you that. You know, that's the type of question you can ask her. You know, we put whiteboards up there and, yep, all right, draw me your playbook. What are we doing? Um, right. And, right. And a lot of the other things that we're – and what do you think of um, coaching um, portfolios? Do you like that someone has thought through every aspect of running a program? When Do you like that when you're hiring, a, especially a head coach, more than probably an assistant? But do you like that? Do you like that they've tried to at least think about every aspect of the program? And does that come into play when you're looking at the hiring process? Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was going to say there, too, is like we oftentimes in that final interview phase, when you're talking about two or three finalists, we'll give them some projects, you know, What's your entry plan? Walk through what your first parent player meeting is going to be. Create an outline for that. You know, provide us with what you think your team expectations and team handbook would look like. And I got that from that's what I was asking our coaches that were either new coaches or coaches that were maybe struggling with getting over the hump of becoming a great program is you need to write this down. You need to articulate it. You need to have somebody review it. You need to review it annually. Um, and if you can have somebody come in and do that, at least – you know, there, there's good and bad about that because, you know, people can interview very well and not be a very good coach. Right. People can create product that is very good, but not actually be able to execute it. Right. Um, and people can give you references that are, are not valuable references. Right. Um, so you got to find a way to kind of get to the truth. And, and a lot of that, I think, if you add the volume needs to come not in the interview, it needs to come in a project that you ask them to do ahead of time. Right. Um, because then you have a chance to see, did the answers they put were put on the spot match the foundational documents that they provided you? Right. And the thing is, it's always changing. Like the document I had 25, 30 years ago is not the document I'm using now. It's like, but I've thought about all that stuff. Like, you know, how you deal with literally everything. Like what happens when, you know, someone misses the bus? What happens when, you know, someone doesn't show up for a game? What happens when all, I mean, <laughs> you you forgot your three your three sets of uni three sets of uniforms are left on a bus or something. I mean, there's literally everything that can happen will happen, <laughs> um, and it's better to think through that. Um, so, what are what are three big changes other than obviously a world pandemic that you've seen in sports over the last I don't know ten ten years? Yeah, I think uh, we've we've seen you know about ten years about when I became AD, so it kind of changed right. my perspective on it too, and. You know, one thing that I think we see is is the public questioning of decision making has filtered down to the high school level and the youth sports level because of social media. And I, I think we need to provide, you know, support for our coaches that this isn't their profession, it's a passion that they're doing. Right. Why why somebody would attack their decision making publicly and, and cause them, you know, mental anguish is is you think that you, would you you would put that as the biggest change you've seen? Because parents, yeah. have, the community and parents have always like it's just what it is that part of coaching. But you you think that's one of the 
And you think social media has to do with that, that you can sit behind something. Yeah, you know, they used to question the decisions as they were walking out of the, the gym on, on right. a Friday night. Right. Or maybe they went and had pizza afterwards and a couple of families right. concerned about it. Now they're putting it out and, you know, the media is seeing it and the coaches are getting additional pressure. And it's easy to be a little bit more anonymous where you don't have to answer face to face and have a discussion about it. You can just put your opinion out there and not care right. what the, the impact is. And, you know, that's not just sport. Um, but I think that's one thing where we see a little bit more turnover is when coaches don't have that support um, and they're able to be critiqued without any potential way to answer those critics. Right. Okay. I, I, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, do you think sports specialization has gotten bigger or you less? Know, I think it has in some, in our, in our larger schools. I mean, I think that's the problem with even a school, you know, where, where we're at with about 2000 or you, some of our conference where they're pushing like 2,500, they're making a decision to try to make a varsity team four years out now. I don't yeah. think you see that as much in, in schools where, they're able to keep everybody and, and roles are more accepted. Uh, you know, when you don't have, you know, we talk about our, our freshman programs as participatory, JV programs as preparatory, and varsity programs. As well, I hope you enjoyed that. If you did, go over and leave a five-star review. If you didn't, turn your, turn your iPhone or whatever you're listening to the podcast off. Um, but no, go over and check out teachhoops.com too. If you, if you want to give back a little bit, if you want to join our community, if you want to become a better coach, if you want to find the nuances of this great game, if you want to delve into this brain of 30 plus years of coaching, uh, go over and check it out and uh, we'll help you through this great journey. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.